Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, well, what a mighty God we serve. What an amazing God we serve. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today we will pick up where we left off two weeks ago. And for those of you who have not been following us in this sequence over the last several weeks, it really isn't of great importance. But by the way, any of you who have not been, we're going to give you an, a brief review and of an introduction to where we're headed today. But right now, I invite you, to join in prayer, and I welcome you to our audience. Loving Heavenly Father, it's still early in 2022, but we've come to the end of one month, and we give you thanks for your sustaining grace, your provision, your protection, your comfort, your strength. In all these areas, some of us qualify. Our Father, we pray for those who are desperately in need of an answer from you today. We pray for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. We pray for those who are laying in hospital beds, those who are facing the ravages of war. We pray for the poor and the needy, the disenfranchised. And Lord, we pray that all of us sinners some saved by grace, others still standing on the outside. Lord God Almighty, in the moments we spend together today around your word, move our hearts. And Lord, I'm praying today for that one person who has been lingering and in whose heart you're doing a work right now. Give her, give him the grace to say, yes, Lord. In Jesus we pray. Amen. We started looking at God's great salvation plan as we began to enter the pre-Christmas season of 2021. We attempted to remind ourselves that the Christmas celebration, man-made though it be, had a message from which we could learn some important lessons. Lessons of how Almighty God planned our redemption and His plan included a step at a place called Bethlehem in a manger, but it didn't end there. That is to say, we visit Bethlehem, but we don't end our Christmas search there. We don't linger there. We don't end Christmas with the Bethlehem scene and the baby Jesus. The sentimentality of the babe in the manger can sometimes obscure the bigger divine picture 
of Jesus coming into the world. And one of the intents of our little conversations along this line is to take us beyond the cradle with the Christ. And actually, as part of the divine plan, we're going to go all the way from the cradle to Calvary and beyond. So we have been attempting to provide a simple script of a major complex story, a major complex story of divine grace that had its origins in eternity past. We suggested in the broadcast, gone that the story of redemption included a few stops along the way, posts, recharging stations, however you want to describe them. And I'm going to read them out to you or share them with you now for your further research later on. And remember, you can always listen to this broadcast again on our podcast or in the website at harvestinternational.org. But the, we began by looking at the plan. And Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, and Titus 1, verse 2, tell us this was designed by Almighty God before time again. And following the plan was a promise of Almighty God, promise that began in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And that was followed by the prophecies, such as Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive. Again in Isaiah, behold, uh, unto us a child was born, a son is given. And then in Isaiah 53, for he was wounded for our transgressions, all part of the prophecy concerning this program of God, God's redemption story. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 speaks of where Bethlehem comes into the picture. And following the prophecies, we took a look at the preparation. We're talking about John the Baptist, Elizabeth, Joseph, all the things that led up to the birth of Mary's boy child. That's found primarily in Luke's Gospel, it's in the other, in John's Gospel. And then following the preparation, we have the presentation, the grand occasion. Jesus is born. The skies of the heaven light up and the Christ of glory is born in a lowly manger. What a night. Oh, what a night. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And that was followed by the personalization. Jesus took upon him the sin of the world. And John tells us, he tells us in John chapter 12, that Jesus said the hour has come. And then in chapter 17, verses 1 to 19, the fullness of the time and the sufferings of Christ came together. Just like it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when the full time had come, God, Almighty God, sent forth his Son. And then, Oh, as if to authenticate the Calvary work of the Lord Jesus, the one who said, lay down, if you, I will lay down my life and I will raise it up again, destroy this temple, speaking of his body, and I will raise it up in three days. Oh, yes, the proof came in the empty tomb. He arose from the Joseph's new tomb. Proof in this redemption story. And that's what we talked about 
couple of weeks ago. And we're going to go back to Luke 24, which tells that story. And we're going to take a look at the post-resurrection appearance of the Lord Jesus. And then next week, we're going to look at the proclamation and the propagation of this redemption story wrapped up through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But for today, for today we want to take a look at the post-resurrection appearance on the very same day. And it says that they found the stone rolled away and then the Mary met the Lord Jesus, met the angels there. And it says it was Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were there with them, which told these things unto the apostles, and their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And then we jump forward a little bit, and in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13, we read these words. And behold, two of them, two disciples that was, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs, or seven miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reasons, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. For their eyes were holding them. They were held back. And then they go on. And they persuaded Jesus to come in to where they lived. Because along the way, he asked them, What is it that you're talking about? And they were amazed. said, Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Are you a stranger here? And they rehearsed the story of the birth, death, and presumed resurrection of Jesus. And it says that Jesus reprimanded them, O oh, foolish people, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and then to enter into his glory? My friend, Jesus revealed himself to them in the breaking of bread. And they rose up. Well, before they rose up, it says they spoke among themselves because Jesus departed, just left in his glorified body and they didn't even have to open the door. And when he left, they said these words, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and thus appeared to Simon. And my friend, in that gathering, Jesus, Jesus entered the closed doors and blessed their hearts. And here is what it says. And as they, as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted 
and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why are thoughts arising in your hearts? And I love this. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for my spirit hath not flesh, for a spirit hath not flesh and blood, or bones rather, as you see me having. My friend, the rest of the story is that with these nail-scarred hands which he showed them, he didn't rebuke them for their unbelief, he simply showed them the evidence, the nail-scarred hands. My friend, they went out and turned the world upside down. We'll talk more about that next week. But let me ask you, have you looked in at the nail-scarred hands of our Lord Jesus? Isn't that proof enough for you? Isn't that enough reason for you to gain? Isn't that enough motivation? Go tell the world about this, that Jesus Christ is alive. He's able to save to the utmost all, all that come to God by him. My friend, will you be one of those today? Listen to the address given at the end of the broadcast and write and let us know that you said yes, yes to Jesus. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, I thank you for living and dying and rising again. And thank you for the fact that you're coming again. I embrace you as my Lord. I ask you to come into my life and be Savior and Lord from this day in your holy name. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.